Hey, it's the intermission. Don't. I didn't say fart sound. All right. Anyway, hey, this week it's uh, myself, Teague Christie, and Brian's here. Hi. Mike's here. Hello. And Anthony's here. Hello. And we just finished off the Spider-Man franchise, which you you probably won't be hearing that commentary until well after this intermission comes out. But we were getting on to a, we basically had a little mini intermission at the end of it. So if you, even if you hate the Spider-Man 3 conversation, just skip to two hours and 30 minutes in after the movie ends and you can hear yeah. us talk about the it. The last but 30 minutes, which should by rights be its own intermission. What we were oops. talking about was, it, it boils down to art versus commerce. We were talking about what uh, Pavlich in the chat puts it this way, and I, I like the way he puts it. He says, the idea of why certain films make so much money and what that means and and why there's if you can make a great movie and a crappy movie and they both make a billion dollars what's the yeah. incentive to make a great movie exactly we yeah. talked about which is the unfortunate aspect because there if if that is the case then there is no incentive to this tell will a good be story a boring now. intermission tune out now we're going to talk about smart stuff we, you mean scholarly Hopefully. scholarly yeah. scholarly intermission it'll be a boring intermission anyway yeah. so we were talking about that what's the incentive to make a good movie if your bad movie is still going to make 750 million well the pixar philosophy was once upon a time and you can argue whether or not that's still the case with uh, with a movie like cars 2 the pixar philosophy was good art equals good business so you tell a good story the good business will follow from that that was that was disney's philosophy how much, that was how disney's how much philosophy time did they spend on cars 2 how much time do they spend on it versus another Pixar well, they, film? Well, I'll bet you they spent as much time on it. Yeah, I just it was well, one of those, I mean, how, my understanding is Cars Two was still a Lasseter baby, and he is John Lasseter in the development but Car, process. But Cars One was not a Lasseter baby. Cars One was not a Pixar baby in any way, shape, or form. It was huh? Well, it was they they acquired it and and then they they didn't Lasseter take it back to square one at one well, point? Well, he did. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, basically to square one because I think it's Cars Cars One is still not. Is probably it, Cars is probably the weakest of the Pixar films. It's it's, it's the, still the gr- least thought of. I like so it. A lot. I, I revisit it recently. We give it really? too much shit. I think Ratatouille is the least too. thought of. Well, yeah, that's which one? Ratatouille. I think I think people have a higher opinion of Ratatouille than Cars. Yeah, for it's forgotten. I agree. I agree that it's forgotten. But Ratatouille is more forgotten than the other one. Yeah, but I think people people like Ratatouille better than Cars. Not yeah. but per- I, I I actually personally like Cars better than Ratatouille. But. Um, Anyway, yeah, it's, it's but but that was that was completely a a, a well, Pixar to, thing I, where he's I, like, I like cars, let's do a car yeah, thing. But pretend that's immaterial. What, what's the Pixar thing? Maybe they have or have not gotten away from this cars too. This is important, Teak. But 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 that issue. Well, the reason I'm, I'm asked asked about the development of cars is because it's like it probably costs a lot more time. You're paying for more time to make that better movie, right? And if you're going to get the same result anyway, why pay for that time if you're a business person? Well, that's true, but we're talking that's primarily tr- about paying a writer who who deals in chunks of twenty five thousand dollars. Right. That's true with that's true with car with with a film like Cars. That may actually be legitimately true because um, w- when it comes to Pixar movies, they're basically as they're writing it, they're like animating it and and bringing in actors to do. It. So it's like. The whole process is kind of happening at once in a way. It's looping back on itself in a million all the time. Yeah, it's 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 informing itself as it's created. So it's it's true it's, certainly that that each time you rewrite it in in that situation, it is more expensive. But yeah, talking about a a live action film, it's like the writer. You know, you you he's pay dealing a in the price of a car every time. Yeah, you you it's pay. Not, still, it's not massive. That's still money that they're looking at, isn't it? Yeah, but ultimately, but it might mean that they could make more money at the outset. At the but, outset, but, at the end. Set. But that's the thing. It my it, God, it doesn't. It, it, but that's the problem. That's what yeah. we're talking about. It clearly doesn't. Yeah. Because right. Can you think of a? Uh, we were talking about like, for instance, the Dark Knight made, we'll say, a billion, and Spider-Man Three. Which, if you want to hear the commentary, we make a pretty strong case for the fact that it's. Bad. It's not a good movie. It could be a, a way better film. Made eight hundred and nine. Made point nine of a billion. It made almost as much. 
uh, if we're saying Dark Knight made a billion, made ninety percent of how much Dark Knight made. Sure, for the point, for the purposes of argument, we'll say that's the case, and it's close enough that we can. What's the virtue in making a good movie if you're still going to make a billion dollars on it? Is it just to make yourself feel better at now, the end of it? Well, the argument I would for make, a lasting cultural impact. The argument I would make is yes. that that the Dark Knight retains more value as a well-told story as a product over a longer period of time than Spider-Man Three yeah, does. Yeah, you're going to have I a think long tail. Dark Knight will be I, an evergreen. A long t- yeah. Spider-Man so how do you, will be I, No, I think that, I think that's exactly the right phrase. A long tail, which is a marketing phrase in terms of. It will retain value over a much longer period of time, and, we, and we've talked about this in, on the forum, actually, uh, and I've made this point that good arts, the, the Pixar philosophy was good arts equals good business, and I think that applies most directly in the sense of it retains value over a longer period of time. WALL-E or The Incredibles or Toy Story will retain value right. over a much longer period of time than Spider-Man 3, and so, a movie like Casablanca or Citizen Kane or, more directly, Bambi, will be more valuable and more profitable a hundred years from now than Spider-Man 3. Than do, Spider-Man do 3. business people really care about that? No, they don't. Uh, the, way, the way the system is set up right now, they don't, and that's the problem. When Walt Disney, when literally the guy Walt Disney was running Disney Studios, he had an incentive because it was his company. It was going to be his company for life. Compared to the executive who's at Disney now, who's in charge they of They get three movies and they're out. He, yeah, he's they a, want to make as much money as possible. He's responsible for the next... Two to three quarters of profit of in the next fi- you know one to two years of financial financial years fiscal years maximum and then he's on to Sony or he's on to Fox or he's on to wherever and it doesn't matter how Disney does after that and that's the fundamental issue is that that these guys the the guys that are really at the top at these studios that are the real powers that be in terms of what that what gets made right. and and where these studios go and what and what gets made and what not doesn't. They're only in one spot for two to three years, right, right. and then they and then they, and they get shuffled. So, so and saying, we're generalizing. I mean, there are ones out there who are good, who do care about enough, telling yes, something good, absolutely. but for the most part, for the most part, so it's like the being, it's like being a military baby, and you go from school to school every year. Right. Yeah. What's so, your, what's your incentive not to punch the bully? Yeah. Right. Why make friends? So you're yeah. so you're saying the old film studios is like mom and pop shops versus exactly. Walmart. Well, and, exactly. No, I, but, I, boutique I, mentality. Yeah. I I think that's exactly it. It's it's the it's, I mean. It, it depends. On, it depends on how anti-corporate we politically we want this to be. But I think that's the issue: is that you know corporations, by by the way, by their very nature as they're set up, they're very impersonal, and the people that run them, and, and how the system is set up for people that run them is very not personal and not invested. Well, to be fair, in the in the you know in the classic studio days, um, they they were. They they made as much crap <laughs> then as well because they. Fair I enough. Mean, There's a Sturgeon's I'm, Law aspect to it. Yeah, they were. Sure. I mean, they were. But if if anything, part of it was. Now nowadays there's so so much focus on spectacle because spectacle makes uh, you know a lot of money, um, that they're they're funneling three hundred million dollars into a movie instead of making ten thirty million dollar movies. Right. You know, and, and when you make ten thirty million dollar movies, like this the old studio system was cranking out a movie like every week. And right. when you were done with one, you moved on to the next one and you know, people were on contract and that wasn't as great as, as the the current kind of more freelance thing because they, they have actual power and stuff. They were but, taking like a shotgun blast at the audience, not sniping. Well them. exactly. It they was, were it was they more were of a numbers game. They just yeah, they just kept throwing stuff at the wall and some stuff stuck. Right. And it stuck around for a hundred years you know for every Casablanca there was 10 zero hours right and but the studios understood that and that was the model that they operated by right which and is a very different from the model that they operate by Whereas, today which is where they make Spider-Man 3 and they hinge all their 
their all of their profits for that fiscal year are hinged upon a movie that's like why, that's and, why, that's why and they, it works. That's why they call them. That's why they call them Does tent poles. That's why they call them right, tent poles. Exactly. That is the pole holding up the tent that is Sony for a year. Right. You know. Now, and, but, is, but you say that works, and my question is, does it though? Because, well, no. Well, I, I, I think that at the moment we're in a, a much like this country was in a housing bubble a few years ago that eventually popped, and a tech bubble before that that popped. I really think this industry is in a is in a movie ticket a block, bubble, a blockbuster that, bubble, a blockbuster bubble in the sense that overall theater attendance is diminishing year after year, but ticket prices are the total amount of profit from ticket prices increasing. But that amount of increase is not coming from increased attendance. It's coming from the increased charging cost of popcorn, it, and they're releasing in 3D. Not even popcorn, but it, primarily it's 3D. The, the the they're able to charge more uh, per ticket because of 3D and other gimmicks, and that's sustaining this this profit bubble that will eventually pop. And well, my my prediction is that once it does, we're all fucked. But right. Well, they we'll thought see. it was they thought it was going to pop with Avatar, and it didn't. So you well, know. one of the yeah. things you were God saying, damn it, Avatar. One of the things you were saying was long term profit if the film was good. Long tail. Remembered the long tail. But yeah. is that from an investor's perspective, is that really worth it? It's like that five dollars later on really doesn't matter when you made a billion dollars today. No, it, no, it doesn't. And that's part of the problem is that the incentives, as, as far as our economy in general, because even if and, and even if Spider Man two or three makes money in ten years. The guy who made Spider-Man three won't be able to get long, it. Long, he doesn't right. care. Right, right. And that well, that's the problem is that the the as, economic as opposed to Disney, who they're going to love every VHS release from here to eternity. The economic incentives set up for that guy who's making the decisions compared to the economic incentives for society in general for both long-term economic stability and general storytelling health as a culture of having good stories right. are so completely not m- matched with each other. That that's a, that's ultimately the problem, and there and and yeah. there are also I mean, uh, you, you said know, incentive dissidents. Is that what you dissonance. said? Dissonance. Yeah, dissonance. which is, which is a good fra- which is a good term for it. They're yeah. they're also, you know, we we can't uh, ignore the fact, and we've kind of danced around it a little bit, and not this is, this is necessarily bad in and of itself. Although you know, like you say, we can get anti corporate or whatever if we want, but they're making business decisions, not art decisions. They're, you know, right. these these are people. These companies are run by businessmen, and like like I clarified, there are there are people who know their who know the business and mm-hmm. who know a good story when they see it and and give good notes and stuff like that. But then there are people who you know came from Silicon Valley. They had money. They bought into a movie studio, or from Harvard Business, or, or wherever, right, business yeah, or a or business whatever. a business school. Yeah. And they came in, and and their only concern is Chloe Moretz is big right now. What script do we have that we can put right. Chloe Moretz in? There you go. Well, How much is that going to cost? Let's do that. Let's put a talking dog in it because those are big this week. Go. Uh, right. But it really the, needs the, another rewrite to be better. Yeah. Right. The, but the big we can't is, afford that, the, and we don't need it. The bigger issue is that they're successful at it consistently, right. and they keep making money at it consistently. So far. So far. And, well, they've and been doing not, it. Well, not consistently, well, but, but with a consistent amount of Cons- well, the, success. The, the, they, key, the key difference is consistently over the short term versus consistently right. over the long term. And there right. are, I mean, there are bombs. They do make big budget movies right. that don't do well. But like, for but example, they budget for those too. Well, sure, they they've they're they're figuring that. But but again, it's it's. If they if they made a lot of smaller movies, then it's fine if eight of them bomb as long as right. two of them are pretty good. Wh- which, we... is, which is the thought process behind uh, Paramount and its insurge in Vantage Point Studios of, right. of funding ten movies at a hundred grand each a year and hope in a, in the style of um, 
uh, paranormal activity right. and hoping that one of them hits, which on paper, I love that idea. In reality, it doesn't quite work out as nicely as it right. does, but it's possible on paper, it's a wonderful idea. That we should slide into a, a different comparison in our heads. We're thinking of Spider-Man 3. Let's think of G.I. Joe. Now, it does seem to me that they would have had an incentive at the outset to make that better than it was because I, 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 I like to think I would, I would be much more comfortable in a world where it was so easy to think that the executive can't tell the difference between Avatar and G.I. Joe from the script. But I don't think that's the world we live in. I think even the most crude money guys can at least understand the way it's supposed to is, work. I don't know is, that is that's there, true. Is there a significant difference between Avatar and G.I. Joe? I, and what I, I, what I mean is something that will, be, that, will, that will be accepted on a story basis and one that won't. But I don't know if that's true because, I mean, you look at all these people who, who work as screenwriters. I'm like, the, the, the screenwriter can't even tell the difference sometimes. You know, someone right. is writing these scripts. Well, and maybe they can, maybe it. they can't. They are getting directed. They are being told to take out the peanut I guess that's thing part of it. Sure. Here. That's Make sure she's wearing a hat in that third scene. What? Why? That kind of stuff. Sure. Make sure he's not wearing the faggy suit. Right. Well, yeah, of... yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know. It, well, the great screenwriters are the ones who can make that work. Right. You know. That can take any yeah. faggy suit, quote unquote, yeah. element of it and make that, that element work. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Oh, sounded like you were going to say well, something. Well, but uh, what I was getting at is I, I was changing the paradigm from Spider-Man 3 to G.I. Joe for a reason. Because Spider-Man 3 is a bankable tentpole it's something you can put money on before it's a thing and just say we are going to make x amount of dollars on spider-man 3 regardless of word of mouth of the resulting film of anything we know for a fact that we're going to get at least two-thirds of what we got for spider-man 2 for spider-man 3 we'll, we'll budget it thusly and work on it and we'll put it out there and hopefully we make at least that presumably we'll make more gi joe even though the same pro- the, the thought process is the same the same thing is we're banking on the name of the of the franchise gi joe you'd think they would put a different amount of time into it than they did. And, and the same thing with like the Battleship movie and all those sort of things where it's like... Well, we don't know you, you have, how Battleship you, turned you, out. You have to... Well, yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but are we, are we, are we feeling uncomfortable making assumptions? <laughs> <laughs> you have to assume some amount of... At this point, it's almost... The, the executives have to be even more cynical. They have to assume that people don't give a fuck about the Smurfs. I think that's... Well, I think that's part or of it, Or at least, too. I, I shouldn't say they have. They should assume... That they don't give a fuck about the Smurfs or GI Joe or Monopoly. I don't. I don't think it works quite like that. I think if they did, they, they would be. I don't think they're making quite different that decisions, hopefully for a longer tail and a franchise result, not a one movie result. I don't think they're quite that self aware enough to be that cynical. I think they their methodology boils down to essentially like: Are people already aware of this property, whatever it is, whether it's Smurfs, GI Joe, Star Trek, Star Wars, Bronny tells whatever it is? How do they measure that? How do they measure people's interest I'm in sure, I'm sure they have marketing algorithms oh, they've got in all terms kinds of, of things. brand awareness and brand pen- penetration and all sorts of things they teach you at Harvard Business School. Uh-huh. But I, I think you that's what their methodology is, is like how many people are aware of this? How many people can we conservatively estimate will go see this property because they're already familiar with it on opening weekend? And how how many dollars does that translate into? And, even, and that's, that, that's the equation they operate but there's by. But there's that equation, and at the same time, there's the guy who... Uh, on the same side of the coin, the reason movies like that happen is because there's the guy who's only got two or three movies to go before he's he moves right. on to the next place or whatever, but he wants to get those two or three movies. He doesn't want to lose his job. So if he's the guy who can write the $100 million check for any movie, you know, he's got the power to green light. Then, I'd be fucking terrified. Right. And when that movie bombs, he has to be able to stand in front of the board and go, look, it was the Smurfs. Everyone fucking knows who they are. We got ne- right. uh, Neil Patrick Harris, who everyone loves in that. Hank Azaria. We got some, I don't know who, who directed it or whatever, but he, he goes up and goes, 
I had no way of no better guaranteeing they want, or knowing that this would They work. want to be able to stand in front of the board and say, here is my equation. Right. Even though it didn't produce X Result. that we thought it was going to, that the equation says should produce yeah. X. This equation has worked and this, will work again. This equation is sound on its face. Do you disagree with me, yeah. board of directors? Yeah. Do you disagree that the equation made sense? So you see that this was not my fault. So right. You, so you're exactly. saying this also stems from fear. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They it, do not want to lose money. Yeah. It's all driven by the fear of cuz we're talking about millions and yeah. millions and millions of dollars on the line for any one of these things. Which and which it is all why boils it, down to that quality. Which is why again you'd almost think that they would they'd want to that's, chop that's, it up and and you, you know would think so, so. so they're so the seeds or are at least further. and this is where we started, at least have an incentive to make a good one. At least, you know, what's the if right. if if that's the that's, but that's the problem. Is. That's the problem because we have this conversation, and st- Spider-Man Three still made almost a right. billion dollars. Right, but, Wh- but which, think... which is the fundamental problem. I mean, in an ideal world, Spider-Man Three, objectively, Spider-Man Three is a bad story and a bad film. Objectively, in an ideal world, that a bad would film, have done bad business. a bad film, and a bad story would do bad business, and nobody would go see it. It's a, but it's a, it is currently the spectacle. But I feel like, like you said, we are nearing a turning point where the spectacle isn't going to be enough. I agree. And I've yeah. been I mean I've been saying this for a couple of years so I may be the guy who's f- you know fucking blowing this trumpet for the next 20 or whatever before <laughs> making this prediction for 20 years yeah, until exactly. it finally comes true and then he goes you see? Yeah, I told you. I've I been told telling you all you. along. Um, I've been saying it for 10 damn years. Yeah. Ain't I been saying it? But Miguel. Um, Miguel? Yeah, the 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 idea that the the audiences are starting to go all right. I know that you can do that, but if you could give me a reason Something that you're more. doing yeah, that, that would be great. I think we're finally hitting the point, and maybe it'll take a few more years, up to a decade, hopefully not longer, <laughs> where it's we, we are finally hitting the point where you can't be impressed by the spectacle of a film anymore, where it's, okay, I you, you can do anything. I know you can do anything. I've known you've been able to do anything for a long time now. So I don't care if Spider-Man is swinging through New York City yeah. if I don't care intrinsically about that. Yeah, there was a time when th- a train pulling into a station would get people in the seats to watch it. Right. But then you had to tell the great train robbery sooner or later right. to keep them coming. Exactly. Is there a That's a good, so hof- I like that analogy. Hopefully we're getting to that point where you know, regardless of the amounts and the impressiveness of the visual effects involved – it, it's just not going to have that same rise, that same right. reaction out of the audience I mean, we anymore can, without, make any money. without the solid huh? story. Sucker Punch didn't make any money. And, and on the Sucker Punch uh, commentary, we're quite baffled by that. We don't know why that is. <laughs> we can't understand why Sucker Punch wouldn't make money when Transformers 3 did and Transformers 2. I didn't see Transformers 3, but I didn't either, Sucker but Punch was very incoherent altogether. But, so but you so can't so tell from the trailer. So, so is Transformers 2. So and Transformers. And you, and you can't but, and quite honestly, either. okay, admitting admitting that I haven't seen Transformers 3, I would bet you money that Transformers 3, or I'm sorry, that Sucker Punch is more coherent than Transformers we need to, 3. We, well, we need to have a viewing party. Now we do. Oh, we do. So we and we will. Is it at all possible yeah, that there's time-sensitive issues with business people? Where what do you mean? Because like, money has to close in an escrow account and all this bullshit. It's like, is it possible that there has to be a turnaround time on all this? Well, well, yes. That the, the is es- causing that fear. The escrow account not uh, issue, not so much, but there is a there is a 
there is an aspect of the as financial part of quarter. part of the equi- well there's the financial quarter and there's also part of that equation you know they say we we have the smurfs and we had neil patrick harris and and hank Azaria and and all of these things you know work together elements, and, and yeah. all these elements come together and we also had the 4th of july weekend which historically makes this much money for right. this kind of film and blah 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 so it's right. time sensitive so it is time sensitive and they they're but that's been the way for a long time. I used to be I, – I was surprised by it when it, I, it started happening. The first movie – and I, I talked about this. The first movie I ever saw that happen with was Terminator 3. Where they set the release date like two years beforehand. Where they, set, they set the release date before they'd even started shooting. Right. Or, or I, I remember hearing on Ain't It Cool or whatever, Terminator 3 starts shooting this week. And literally that Friday I saw a teaser in theaters with a release date. Mm. And I was like – Holy shit! That right. happened, That's got to be scary. That happened with Lethal Weapon Four. Sure, that happened. Yeah. I only found out later that happened with Ghostbusters. Okay, and they just Ghostbusters One or Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2? Two. Ghostbusters really? One. They came. They came to Columbia and they were like, "We've got this this thing and we've got it put together." And Columbia goes, "We got a weekend here where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. If you can have this movie done by then, then we'll let you make your freaky, weird comedy <laughs> sci-fi thing. Well, with- we don't get it, but if you if you can get it done by this date, and it was like a year later, so they had a year from like idea, not even script, just like idea wow. to to screen. They're like, if you can get it done, we'll give you the money. And they're like, okay. And then it's like, <laughs> of course, yes. So you don't say no in a situation. Exactly, like that. exactly. So, um, so it can work. You know, but it's the lightning in the bottle thing. Yeah, certainly. That, and, and that's the question: is like, it, it, if you create any kind of difficult situation, can you, or any kind of difficult circumstances, can you conceivably create a situation where that can work? Right. And produce a classic. Right. Yes, you can. And Ghostbusters. Are you likely to? Right. No. Well, well, and, and but but that's a whatever you call it, the Sturgeon's Law thing again. Sturgeon's Law is ninety-five percent of everything right. is crap. Because right. you're picking, you're you're saying right now, oh this. Things these days suck. Well, right. things always yeah. suck. You just right. remember the good ones. Ghost- it's not like exactly. they were all great back then. Right. Ghost- Ghostbusters, for example, could t- easily have gone off the rails. They and could it, have stuck to the <laughs> script and it would have sucked. Yeah. Ha- yes. Ghostbusters could have easily sucked, and had it sucked, none of us would have remembered right. it. And right. that's the thing. We don't remember all of the crap right. because That's it why was people crap. say life was so much better in the 50s. It's because right. you were five and yeah. you just remembered the summer. Yeah. Right. So, but, so here's the question. I mean, we're sitting here lamenting the ruining the day, but is, is that really meaningful? Is it actually any different? Well, than what I was going to say is perhaps uh, as a way to spend the next uh, eight minutes and 53 seconds. What, what if, is there, can you, can, can you conjure a business strategy wherein it makes more fiscal sense for a studio, someone who is a, a corporation in the, in the enterprise of creating films on a regular basis, not a director, but a studio, a company whose job it is to release films. Where it is profitable for them to make nothing but good movies. Well, Pixar did that. I mean, of course, there's the uh, like, like we've continued harping on. That was Pixar's goal. Um, it's subjective, you know, what a good movie is. They may they may have thought that Cars Two was on the level of all their other stuff. I find that a little hard to believe. I do too. Pretty I do savvy. too. Is but, it is it just a, the variable X for how much money you're putting into it? Is we have a significant interest in making this. $2 million movie, excellent. Otherwise, no one sees $2 million movies unless they're fucking excellent. Right. I don't know. I think it ultimately that, amazing. That might be too much pressure, and there it, might not be, the, the, it still might not be profitable when the other market still exists. Right. I think ultimately it may be, I mean, the economics of art versus the economics of commerce are different in the sense, you know, the, the ultimate function of art is to communicate some kind of idea that society deems valuable to the larger, to society at large. And the, 
the the value of that doesn't really translate into economic right. dollars. And it's I, I and mean I don't know if there's a translation that you can do that. It's it's also just I mean we've we've been you know railing about this that and the other, but it's also just kind of hard to tell a good story. You know it's 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 tricky. If if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. And everyone will be doing it all the time, even when they, you know, they have no incentive to to do it. All movies would be good if it were easy to tell a good story, right. because they just they just do it without thinking about it. But most most movies aren't, and because telling a telling a good story actually requires some craft um, that most people don't possess. Most people don't possess, and and even the people who even the people who do possess it, it's easy to lose your way you know it's it just just like any yeah. writing project it, it's it's easy to have spent too much time looking at it people talk about this with comedies all the time they're like i, I don't know if this is funny anymore right <laughs> like i've been working on this so long i don't know if it's funny or as we see so many times you you get this a, a director or a storyteller that is you know brilliant and can tell a story brilliantly their first couple of times out of the gate and then just get worse and worse and worse for some reason and how does that happen i mean you know the the standard the way you think the world works is the more you do something, the better you get at it. But so often in storytelling and filmmaking in particular, fil- uh, uh, filmmaking especially, the more a filmmaker does something, the worse they get. I think, I think of- that's inherently re- related to the problem with musicians that have the same thing, where you respond as a society member to another society member's first movie because you and they had the same problems. You don't respond as a society member to another society member's movie if it's their sixth movie and you and they don't have the same problems anymore. That, that could be it. Uh, you, it's like when Linkin Park writes a sad song these days. It's like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, and you have that same maybe problem. Maybe that's it. It's like, you have a and million it's, and dollars, it's, And it's not Park, even necessarily that it's an issue of that person whining and you feeling resentful. It's just, you. they literally have a different life they now. They can't relate they don't, to you. They Spielberg don't to you can't properly, make, yeah. literally can't make close encounters now he just doesn't he's not the guy who would have those opinions or thoughts that were compelling to other people at the time he may it may be a lack of the ability to be compelling you become insular maybe i I think well insular is a a good word i mean as we've talked about with Shyamalan, for example i think a lot of people if they do really well they stop second guessing themselves um, and one of the important things in well, Lucas, I mean, we're going we're going on to Lucas another has tangent. that and the other problem. We're going on to another tangent now, but but we've got five minutes um, of tangent. Yeah, Actually, fuck it. Four. Um, they they stop second guessing themselves, and what made it good in the first place was them constantly sitting there going, "Ooh, is that shit? Is that is that good or not? Is this can the, you? Is it the absolute best I can do? Yeah. Let me stay up until three o'clock in the morning to make sure it right. is right. Whereas whereas. Three four movies in, they're like, yeah, I got a handle on this. I probably I'm got it. George Lucas. Yeah, I I think I I think I probably nailed this. To go, I, yeah. I typically nail to it. To go back you know. to your question, I don't think there's a way to present to business people a profitable a, solution. A profitable for this. solution. It's like they made six hundred million dollars profit on every Spider-Man movie. Right. There's no profitable you, solution to a good movie. Yeah. Basically, What'd I like you, Brian's idea of the bubble popping though. I I do see that. It sounds. <laughs> Let's work on that. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. no I, I it gives me optimism in a, in a weird way. Even though that means that when the bubble pops, half of Hollywood will be out of jobs. There's still optimism in that. I like that idea, which is that it's the post-apocalyptic it's just, optimism. Yeah. Well, it, 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 com- it combines apart, well. We'll it combines well. It mixes well. We can rebuild. It's, it's not oil and water we'll, with we'll, Dorkman's point right. about. Um, oh fuck! We'll yeah. be forced to make better movies. Is what you're saying. Right, yeah, right. I hopefully I th- I that is the ideal outcome of this situation. Yes, is that you know once once this bubble pops, once once there are less, once there are fewer factors to judge a movie's quality on, but other than, than the train se- arriving and separate from the spectacle, the train arriving, the 3D, whatever it is, 
once it boils down to the only really distinguishing quality from a movie A to movie B is the quality of how it tells its story, then the economics of storytelling will force better storytelling. Until then, until that happens... People still want to see the train arrive. People are still just lining up for the train arriving. Yeah. And, and That's a great just, analogy. Good job, just, Mike. We just have to Thank you. hang out. We have I to totally haven't even up. been sitting on that either. That just, <laughs> it just I happened. just fart brilliance. <laughs> and then you're going to start, you're going to sit on your laurels with your ability exactly. to make analogies, and then you're not exactly. going to make good analogies I'm going to make really shitty analogies from now on. They're <laughs> just like, going to get worse and, and worse. And you're going to lean back and be like, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. You guys are going to be like, I don't really get what you're saying. No, no, I think it. I think you understand. It's easier for me because I start there. Like half the time people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I did the train, remember? The train thing. Remember how great the train arriving analogy yeah. was? <laughs> Dude, if you yeah. could make money for analogies, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I mean, is Oscar, is Oscar Wilde out, out of a job? <laughs> you could probably do posters with analogies. Probably. <laughs> like, the, the fucking make money off those quotes. Well, of, that, like, that's what filmmaking really is, is just it's all giant yeah. metaphors and analogies. It's Well, it is making connections. Like, hey, you, you see how these ninjas relate to each other? That's how you relate with your girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, that's really what <laughs> fucking movies are. I think it was Stephen that. Wright. That's what any story that's is. Stephen Wright. Yeah. Je- Stephen Wright, maybe Jeffrey Wright, whatever the the, the the kind of droll comedian guy. I think he said, "Without a sense of metaphors, we'd all be eating the menus." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's there is another solution that the creative people who tell good stories, once they make money, to slide into those business positions and influence other business. But then people. again, they that's, have the Spielberg problem. That's where... I mean, it's it's a good idea on paper, but it does does it really translate? Do the do the skills of a good storyteller translate to the skills of a good businessman? And I would say not necessarily. Not always. I mean, I mean, in Pixar, they they kind of do, or they did at least. At, at least you had good storytellers that happened to be good businessmen, or good businessmen that happened to be good storytellers. But they are they are definitely different skill sets. Yeah, I don't think it's a terrible idea. It's just you've got to have an awareness that they're different skill sets, and 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 the, select the, thusly. Yeah, and select thusly, and and the people the people involved, you know need to be aware of those weaknesses and maybe work on them because it's been done before united artists that's what united artists was yeah that's why it's called united artists right uh, because it was a bunch of people who came together who were like we all made money doing this let's not deal with the suits anymore let's make our own studio and then they put that together and then i think it was and and did really well for a while but eventually over the course of several generations it failed yeah well well uh, eventually they got a little too much like well you're doing your thing and blah blah blah. and i think it was heaven's gate that basically killed them so um, and on that unenlightened bombshell, <laughs> this has been 30 minutes of the intermission. My name is T. Christie. Brian Finneter. Mike Scott. Anthony Elba. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, listen to Down in Front. Good night, good night. <laughs>